down before you hit. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Small Biz Tips. So I met this guy a few years ago, and then we got reconnected a few months ago, a few weeks ago. And I was so blown away by what he got going on. I said, you know, I got to get him on a pod for you guys. Rick, what's going on, man? Hey, Gilbert, how are you? Great to, ha great to be here today and happy to be here at the uh, kind of the last event of 2023. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, my friend. Thank you for jumping on. Really appreciate you. So before we dive in into, you know, all the gems you're going to be sharing with our audience, who is Rick? <laughs> well, you know, Rick is a person at, at, at its most basic component. And as an entrepreneur, mm. I knew I was an entrepreneur when I didn't I told my boss I'm never wearing a tie ever again. And this was in <laughs> 2010. So so everything that I've built in my business and my life has been kind of what I wanted. So I was able to craft the world that I want to live in mm -hmm. and, and build it towards that, right? So the, the, the personal drive and the personal life drives my business. Mm -hmm. So I'm not someone who could be told what to do. So I always knew that that was something that needed to be dealt with. But more importantly, and I think overarching, the biggest thing about all of this stuff is time is our most precious asset. And I don't yeah. mean time at work or at our desk. I mean time in life, being here on mm. this earth. So so I've, I've crafted my business, my life, and my world around that, that one premise that we're not here that long. So do what it is you want to do, do what it is you love to do, and go out there and make it happen. Because if you succeed or fail, at least it was on your terms. Yeah, yeah. No regrets, because, you know, you actually went an all in for it. I'm curious, you said time is all we have. You craft your life around time, your business around time. Can you go more detail into that? Yeah, yeah, I'll give you it. So I started this business in 2010. Mm -hmm. And in 2010, I had three little kids, you know, three little boys. They were, you know, 10, six and five at that point in time. And I wanted to be the little league dad. Right. I wanted to be yeah. the person that was there for them. It was at, you know, the school functions and, the you know, the, the little league coach, the basketball coach, that sort of thing. And there was this real conflict. So I live here on Long Island. I live in Mount <laughs> Sinai right there. New York City is over here. It's about a two-hour door-to-door commute. Mm. And working for someone else and being at their beck and call and having to be on that train getting was contradictory to yeah. what I really wanted to be. Yeah. So I knew that I had to, um, to, to, to step away from that corporate world Mm -hmm. and, and and go in on my own because if I really wanted those things outside of work that that time that flexibility that uh -huh. that that customization to my world I had to step out and 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 make a move and and build my own business based off of that that's amazing that you started to have that mindset you know before you even started the business because I think sometimes there are a lot of people that either you know can relate to that or they wanted to start their business, but they still got that holding, that thing holding them back. But like, well, I have little kids, you know, I got the mortgage and never really took that step. So yeah. you took advantage of the time. So congrats to you on that. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's interesting. My, my wife has always been a stay at home person. She's always, you know, d did that job yeah. um, and I always had the job of going out and doing what I did. And, um, you know, there, I'll never forget the day where I came home and I said, honey, I have an idea. 
this great paycheck that I get every two weeks, these benefits that are paid for me, this vacation, all the things that I'm going to walk. I have a good idea. I'm going to walk away from that and start with zero. Right. And, um, you know, I, I, I will say this, it's not been easy. There's been days that, you know, you know, there's been, you know, time, but I had someone at home that supported that. Mm. And, I, I always say people will, will approach me a couple times a week and say, Rick, I have this idea. I'm going to start. And I go, that's all. Tell me the idea. Okay, great, great. Good. This the first question I asked them. There's only one question I asked them. I said, I don't care about your idea. I don't care how much you think you're going to make. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I said, the first question I ask is, have you spoken to your significant other about this yet? And if the answer is no, then it doesn't matter what idea you have. It's not yeah. an idea. It's just a, it's just a, it's just a, a dream. Mm, that that is powerful, you know. Wow, because a lot of people don't think about that, but the, having that support system is so crucial and so valuable. Uh, now I'm I'm curious, right? You had that idea, you told her about it. She was super supportive. Can you tell us more about what was that idea and how did you blossom? What was that business that you started? Yeah, yeah. So, so the business that I started is not the business that I'm in today. So, I grew up in the oh. employee benefits space. That's what yeah. I did at the college. I was an employee benefits broker at a large brokerage firm. Mm-hmm. So, the idea was that I was going to leave that job. I left all the clients there because I didn't want to be yep. involved in a lawsuit, and I was going to start my own little brokerage out of my house and mm-hmm. start my own little business doing that. And what happened was. Friends of mine who became my clients early on, who are my buddies, they would say to me things like, Rick, we're your client because you're our buddy. But if you truly want a business, you need to differentiate yourself. Yeah. So every day I would come back to every couple of weeks, I'd come back to them, is it, is it this? Is and they go, no, 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 no. So finally I asked the not knowing at the time, but it became the most brilliant question I've ever asked. What is that? I said, I said to them, I said, tell me this, what problems do you have in your business every day that no one's knocking on your door to solve? Mm. And to a person, they said HR stuff. So this was in 2010, middle of 2010. We were in the depths of the last great recession. Yeah. And I knew, I knew that all the great HR, there was a bunch of great HR talent that was laid off sitting on the sideline. So I said, give me a couple of weeks. Let me see if I can build the model. And I went out and said, I'm going to build this HR component mm. to be a sidecar to my benefits business. But what I quickly, quickly realized once I rolled that out, that no yeah. one cared about the benefits. <laughs> All they cared about was the HR stuff. So within six months of me starting my HR, uh, my insurance business, yeah. I dropped it and, and, pivoted completely to the HR and that's where we've been since the middle of 2010. That's amazing. And I, since I then so- we've worked with over we've worked with over 2000 businesses across the country and uh it's you know so it's been really cool. 3000 businesses. Wow. That's awesome. 2000 sorry. That's that's still awesome. <laughs> so you said something here, right? Um in the beginning, there's a lot of people that have businesses. We have the one that listened to us, some of them just starting out their business, right? They're they're forcing the business to happen. 
Well, in your case, you want to get feedback from your current customers, what was important to them. Now, once I told you that, okay, the HR stuff and you put that model together, what happened after that? Like, how did the business automatically change? How did you get, you know, acquired that many clients over the past, let's say about 10 years? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it goes back to what I said earlier about telling my boss I'm never wearing a tie. I'm a, I'm a, a contrarian by nature. I never really realized it. I, <laughs> I'm a contrarian by nature. And how I did that was very simply, not simply, but two or three simple components. The first was that I saw a problem in the market, mm-hmm. not that I can solve it because I wasn't an HR person. Yeah. But what I was what I was really good at was going out and getting clients. So I had to immediately hire people to come on board to do the work. Mm. So it allowed me, you know, it allowed me to build business practices. Yes. Right. That's, that's, that's kind of the first thing. The second thing was, and this really comes to where my contrarian group uh, mindset comes, the, the, when I said, oh, I'm building an HR business, everyone said to me, Rick, you have to go to, there's different societies and, and groups yeah. where all the HR people hang out, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. said, Rick, you should go to those meetings. And I said, okay, why? They said, well, that's where all the other HR people hang out. I said, great. I know where they are. I'm going to go <laughs> over here. So I was able, I was able to, you know, kind of build my, you know, not build my own model. And then, you know, the third thing, especially early on, what we, what we were competing against Mm -hmm. and not even competing was there was no one, not many people in that space who were building businesses. Mm. Most of the other HR consulting firms were building a job, right? It was one person who had maybe two or three clients. They were doing all the work so they could never really, they could never really gain that momentum of a, yeah. 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 So I saw, I saw that as kind of a, a weakness in the marketplace. So I was able to really focus because of those three things on building the processes, the sales processes, the service processes, the billing processes, quote, all that stuff. Because I knew that I couldn't do it. So I had to build the systems that could scale. That's amazing that you said that because there's a lot of people that are stuck in the one or two men show right now because of that. You know, there it's become kind of like, you know, that cycle where they're going get customers, then they're to they're do all the fulfillment, then they go back and go customer, never really pay attention. Hey, why don't I just build that system? And then I can focus where my time is best served, which is in your case, getting the customers. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've spoken to a lot of people who, who describe what you just described. And when I, when I repeat back to them, what I say is you left a job that you hated and you created a, your own job that you hate even more. <laughs> right because you're, you're getting, you know, you don't even have the benefit now of a paycheck every two weeks. Right. No. You have Right. So, 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 so the building of the business processes and to boil it down to its most simple component, your sales processes is the most important thing I think that any smaller business can do as, as a first step. Let's talk about that. Right. 
sales process? Um, what, what does that look like for you, right? Yeah. Uh, at that time, because I'm pretty sure it's evolved over time. But at that yeah. time, when you first really put it together, what did that yeah. look like? So, so again, this goes back to me building my the business yeah. I wanted, right? So I came out of a world when I was working where it was big, we were selling to big companies, you know, tens of millions of dollars a year contracts. Mm-hmm. Everything was an RFP, you know, went through and there was no control over how you affected the process other than answering the questions. So the RFP is, you know, well as pop, but you can never tell what the other side was really looking for. Yeah. So when I designed my sales process, the first step is I said, where am I best as a, as for me personally to, to sell? And where I was best or most influential was dealing with the small business owner. Mm-hmm. So back then, most businesses or most people in my industry, they didn't want the small businesses. They wanted the bigger ones. And I said, no, I'm going to go with the contrarian. I'm going to go the, the opposite. opposite. Yeah. So that, that, that was one step. It's truly identifying what that ideal client profile is and living by it. The second thing, as I would say, is define the process at its most basic level, right? Mm-hmm. Find a lead, qualify a lead, engage a lead, propose a lead, close a lead, right? Those are the five steps in, at, at a high level of the process. Yeah. The hardest part, what the great salespeople of the world are paid for, are the two things people hate the most, finding the lead <laughs> and qualifying the lead, Right. So I really focused my sales process on these two things, Mm. right? Because that's where I was best. So engaging the lead, building relationship with them, proposing to the lead, which is basically almost, okay, here's the price, here's the service. Agreement, yeah. And closing a lead has almost become now a, hey, this, again, this this is what it is. If if it worked for you, great. If it doesn't, no problem. But yeah. there's follow-up and that follow-up can be automated through, you know, the various email systems. Hey, checking in, it's time, you're ready to get going, right? Yeah. So so the two things that people hate in the sales process the most is where we focus the most time. Mm. And built out those things and, and we almost automated everything else. That's awesome. So, so that's how we did it. No, that's fantastic. Uh, now you also, over the years, built a community. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about that. <laughs> so, so back to the sales process and where I work best, right? Again, this is a, I've made it about me so I could build it to be what I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't mean that in an egotistical way. It was just, yeah, it was What's the path of least resistance for me, right? So, so part of that find a lead, qualify a lead, I have a KPI to do 500 meetings a year. First time meeting. So people Five, <laughs> 500 first time meetings a year. Mm. This is uh, this year. This is basically the last meeting of the last day of the year. Um, I did 652 this year. Wow. So what happens is I get to talk to a lot of really good people. I get to hear different stories. I get to hear different things. I get to take pieces of that. Mm-hmm. So I, hey, that's an educational thing. I get to talk to people and they go, and I go, oh, geez, I never thought of that, right? Yeah, yeah. We write that down. So, but on the other side, people said to me, Rick, you know, you know the great people out there. Why don't you put together a group of the best ones that are hand selected? So I said, sure. I said, you know, whatever, I'll, I'll do that. We started that in, in, the, in the middle of this year. 
-hmm. And it's now grown to over a hundred hand chosen fractionals that are all working together. That's awesome. That are all, um, you know, we're all doing things and that group is growing significantly. We're adding about eight to 10 new members a month that are hand selected uh, different people. And that group is just doing some tremendous things, right? But what what part of why that also has happened is, so we got the 2,000, 3,000 kind of lost in translation for. So we've worked with 2,000 clients across mm -hmm. the country, but those 2,000 clients came from 3,000 different partners across the country. Mm -hmm. So all of our business that we've ever gotten has come from someone who transferred trust to us. Referrals. What do we mean A referral, transfer of trust. Rick, we have this client, they have this problem, can you talk to them? That's a transfer of trust. Most of those transfers of trust have come from other professional service providers, mm -hmm. fractionals, consultants, outsource, attorneys, accountants, right? We're all kind of outside yeah. advisors to these clients. So what that told me was if those 2000 clients came from 3000 different partners, I don't win. We don't win every time, of course. Right. Yeah. How do I go find 5000? Yeah. 10, whatever yeah, it is sure and, that's, that. <laughs> and that that's where that's where that's where part of where we focus a quite a bit of our time and quite a bit of our effort and energy and those 652 meetings that we've had so far this year are in that are developing relationships in that space that my friend is a referral machine <laughs> so congratulations no man this is amazing because you know, a lot of people will say, especially in a professional service, but yeah, I get my business from referrals, but the biggest challenge with referrals is the predictability, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like, it's random, it's here, it's there, but you found a way to kind of systemize it and build a community around it and create it an actual machine. That's amazing. Well, well, thank you. And to go, to go a step deeper on that, the way that that process started was we did an analysis of those 2000 clients that we have. And we were looking for the ones that we just went together with like peanut butter and jelly. Were there any common denominators? Yeah. And what we came up with was that there were four common denominators to our best clients. Mm. First was that those businesses had someone on their team who were truly operationally focused more than just the office manager or the spouse or the owner, someone who caught all the junk no one wanted to deal with. The second, this was the interesting one, was at some point in time, they hired either a business coach or a sales coach. Hmm. Okay. The third was that they had hired other services in the past on a fractional basis, whether they knew it or not. So call it outsourcing, call it consulting, gotcha. other fractional CFO, CMO, COO, you name it, right? On and on and on and on. They were comfortable with the concept of fractional or outsourcing. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth, this ties back to those 3,000 partners, what said someone had transferred trust to us. Wow. So what that told us was when that business had those four things, that business leader yeah. valued people, process, procedure, and when combined together, their potential. So it told us where we needed to focus and how we needed to develop our pipeline from top of the funnel down to the bottom. Yeah. Wow. This was fantastic. So I'm looking at the time. It's already almost time. Oh my God. So uh, <laughs> I don't even want to ask you, like, what's the small tip you want to share a business owner? Cause you just share something that's amazing. Anything else you want to add? No, I, I, I think that, 
you know, we're we're entering a tougher time, right? Yeah. I think I think the similarities of 2023, the end of 23 and beginning of 24 are shaping up to look exactly like what 2010 and 2011 looked like, mm. right? So with that said, I would say to any business leader, have to have a funnel and a funnel that's not this big, but this big, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you exponentially grow the top of your funnel? Sales process, procedure, and repeatability. And mm -hmm. if, if, you could, if you could do that, because it might take, instead of 10 leads to get one sale, it might now take 50 leads to get one sale. So you need to be able to scale that top of the funnel. That's the finding of the lead and qualifying the lead. Rick, this was amazing. How do people get in touch with you if they want to work with your team? What does that look like? Well, you know, the, the easiest way is I'm, I'm clearly, I'm, not, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn with about 20,000 uh, connections. So I'm out there doing that. It's Rick Marr, M-A-H-E-R. Um, and, you know, the second thing is the easiest way is an email. Rick, R-I-C-K, at turningpointhcm.com. Rick at turningpointhcm.com. And our website has the same format, turningpointhcm.com. Guys, check out Rick, turningpointhcm.com. As you can see, he knows what he's talking about. So thank you again for jumping on, my friend. This was amazing. My pleasure. Have a, have a, have a great new year, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you in 2024. Cheers.